Howdy! You're listening to the Disney Park Wanderer podcast. I'm your host, Emma Albertson, and welcome to episode number 54. In today's episode, we're going to be putting two parks against each other, the two parks in China. Now, you might be thinking, well, we can't go there anytime soon. We can't go anywhere anytime soon. But instead of thinking of that negative mindset and being frustrated about it, which I know we all are, let's dream instead. Imagine we're finally allowed to do things again, things are normal, and you've got a huge trip booked to go and explore Asia, Japan, China, the works. You know you're going to Tokyo Disneyland because, of course, why wouldn't you? It's amazing. But you only have one other day spare and you have to choose between Shanghai Disneyland or Hong Kong Disneyland. Which one is better value for money? Which one should you go to? That's what we're going to try and work out today. You know how I love doing these research-based versus episodes. However, before we get into that, I've got my Disney News Bulletin of the Week and there's quite a lot to get through and a lot of good news too. So here we go. First up, let's talk about great, great news in California. So rumor has it is that California, well, the state of California says that Disneyland can reopen on April 1st. Now, at first I was worried this was an April Fool's joke because I mean, talk about timing. But it seems that by April 1st, California will be in their red, um, what could you even call that? Their red zone. Whereas at the moment they're in purple, which is the worst. You think red is the worst, but apparently not in California. Purple is the worst. When they get down to the red zone, some of the theme parks will be able to operate again, but only at 15% capacity. However, before you get too excited, there are more regulations on that. So 15% capacity, only people who are residents of California can reserve tickets right now. So it's not, you know, fabulous that everyone can go, things are normal, but it's a start. And considering it's been shut for a whole year, this is great, great news and, you know, a step in the right direction. So as well as this, they are planning to keep people outside as much as possible. There'll be limitations on indoor attractions. Most queuing will be done outside and people will be brought inside in groups in order to be able to distance properly and keep everybody outdoors where it's a little bit more safer, supposedly. On the topic of California Disneyland, we were talking all about their new limited capacity event, which is happening um, very, very soon, called A Touch of Disney. And it seems because since they started selling tickets this past week, it's been so, so popular, they've decided to extend this special event. So before it was running through April 5th, now it'll be running through April 19th, which is an extra two weeks. And there is a possibility they will extend it even further. Now, that said, the same rules apply. You have to get them in advance and they will be rolling out tickets on a week by week basis as things change and they can see how things are going. So if you're interested in that, you wanna know more about it, you can check out last week's episode and also you can get information and tickets on the Disneyland website. A Touch of Disney, the event has also announced 
a full snack menu of things you can pick up during this event. There's lots of delicious things coming up. A few of the things that stand out to me, which sound amazing, is they've got different flavored churros. There's an horchata churro, which is served with condensed milk. They have a fluffernutter churro, which will be served with cinnamon sugar, peanut butter, marshmallow fluff, and chocolate chips. They're also having lemon Dole Whip as well as the classic pineapple Dole Whip. You can also get lemon and pineapple swirled together. They have really cute cake pops inspired by Pixar's Up. You can get a Doug cake pop and a Russell cake pop. And they also are bringing back those hand-dipped corn dogs, which people absolutely love from the Disneyland park. I have never had a corn dog ever in my life, but if I was going to have one, Disneyland would be the perfect time to try one. So I've heard they are great. Heading over to Disneyland Paris now. Disneyland Paris has released pictures of La Fabrique des Rêves, or the Dream Factory, which is a project they've been working on for two years. This is an indoor event and show space, and it's gonna be dedicated to those Disney Junior characters. They did have a Disney Junior stage area there before, but this is so much bigger and better. It has been named a flex space because there's ability to change elements of it, and there's lots of room for special effects. People will be able to see characters such as Timon, Vampirina, and all the favorites from Disney Junior right now. This is exciting for younger kids, but it's still exciting for older adults too, because as I said, it's going to be used as an event space too. So it's interesting to see if they'll be bringing any events, special ticketed events, so watch this space. But that's due to open at some point this year after Disneyland reopens, which should be happening around April 2nd as of right now. On the topic of things reopening, Blizzard Beach theme park has just opened this past weekend. There's still no word about Typhoon Lagoon over in Disney World, but it's good to know that things are going in the right direction. Also in Disney World, we have been given a sneak peek at the brand new rooms at the Polynesian Resort. As you know, they have been doing a big revamp to the Polynesian Resort. They've been adding in a lot of Moana elements because why not? They go together perfectly. So the new rooms look great and they have definitely got a huge Moana influence. There are murals painted across the wall with patterns, kind of Polynesian Hawaiian looking patterns with Moana paddle boarding and there's Maui on there. There's some cool lamps on the ceiling. They've also got lots of beautiful colorful artwork including favorite characters like Pua and Hei Hei. They've got that colorful cushions on the bed with Hawaiian flowers and tropical leaves. And my favorite part is they've got photos and screen grabs from the film framed up on the walls so those rooms are looking great and if you want to stay in one of these rooms we're getting closer to being able to do so it seems that now Disney World are accepting bookings for the Polynesian Resort starting from this July 2021 and then last but not least we have to talk about some new merchandise now, as we know, I'm a big fan of the Dooney and Bort collections and the most recent one, which is dropping today, March 8th, is part of the Artist Series collection. The artist of this collection is called Fabiola Garza and she has done a design inspired by Disney's Robin Hood. It is perfect for spring. There's flowers, leaves. It's a beautiful sage green color and you can see characters on there such as Maid Marian, Prince John, 
Sir Hiss, Little John, and of course, Robin Hood. Now the designs of these are slightly different to the typical crossbody tote and wallet that the other design series seem to have got. They're slightly different shapes, but they're very, very cool. You can check those out on the Shop Disney website. Again, the prices range from about $100 to $200. They're not cheap, but they are amazing quality and they're super cute. Okay, now that we've got all that out of the way, let's get on to which one is better value, Shanghai Disneyland or Hong Kong Disneyland for, you know, when we can eventually go. over to Asia, Hong Kong Disneyland or Shanghai Disneyland? We did an episode on this, it was episode 18, and we pitted together Hong Kong versus Shanghai for me trying to figure out which one was the park that I most wanted to go to. And spoiler, by the end of that episode, I still was really torn. I wanted to go to both of them. It was so hard to choose between them. So now we've come down to what do you get money-wise? Which one is better to go to if you wanna save a pretty penny? So we're focusing purely on that to see what you get in two parks that are basically in the China region. Now I know it's kind of debatable if Hong Kong's considered its own country, but I know it's a Chinese territory. So for the sake of that, because they're both Chinese speaking parks, we're gonna assume they're both China, just so we can kind of compare what you get in both of these parks. So the first thing we're gonna look at is the price of a ticket to get in, because let's face it, that's probably one of the biggest things that you spend on, especially if you're not spending the night. We're gonna look at hotels later, but for now let's focus on the entry ticket. So Hong Kong didn't seem to have very much variation depending on what day you went and what season you went. It seemed to be around the 80 US dollar mark for an adult ticket to the park. Whereas Shanghai Disneyland did have some variation. It was from about anywhere between 90 US dollars and 120 US dollars for a day ticket to the park. Hong Kong and Shanghai both only have one theme park and both of them I say are pretty similar to Magic Kingdom or Disneyland in California, whereas they both have a castle as their centerpiece and they have rides that you would find in the classic parks, such as, you know, Snow White, Pinocchio, Peter Pan, all those kind of attractions. So purely on a price point, Hong Kong is a good $10 cheaper than Shanghai. So we're gonna give that a point for value for money. But what about when you compare the prices to the size of the park? Well, Hong Kong is about the same size as the original Disneyland in California because that was the inspiration behind it. It was almost a copy and paste style situation. So in Shanghai, the park is about 68 acres. Now, if we go over to Shanghai, it is perhaps one of the biggest Disney parks ever made at a staggering 963 acres. That's 11 times bigger than the original Disneyland in California. So you might think, well, yes, in Shanghai, I'm spending more money, but it's bigger and more things to do. However, you would be incorrect. As of right now, listed online, Hong Kong Disneyland has 20 rides and Shanghai only has 16. So actually Hong Kong has more rides and is cheaper. However, Shanghai is 
brand new. And also they have a few rides that you won't find in Hong Kong that are showstoppers, such as the Tron roller coaster. They have that brand new parts of the Caribbean sunken treasure ride. And they also have got that castle that is bigger and better than all the others. It's in fact the biggest castle ever in a Disney park. That said though, Hong Kong does have Mystic Manor, which is absolutely beautiful, an Ant-Man and the Wasp attraction that you won't find in any of the other parks, and they also have that brand new Castle of Magical Dreams. So, for that reason, we are gonna give the best value to Hong Kong, just because it's cheaper, has the most attractions, and it still has unique things to offer. Next, let's take a look at the hotels and how much it will cost you to spend a night. Both Disneyland Hong Kong and Disneyland Shanghai have their fair share of fun hotels, but we're gonna start up with the most deluxe offering. Now in Hong Kong, this is the five-star Disneyland Hotel. I would say it's a bit like Grand Floridian style and it will set you back around 295 US dollars per night to get a deluxe room. Now, as I've said in Asia, especially in Japan, they like to use the word deluxe. It makes things sound bigger and better, but it's basically just a standard room, I would say. So you're looking around $296. Now in Shanghai, if you want to stay in their most deluxe hotel, which again is the five-star Disneyland Hotel, very original. It will set you back more. It will cost around $465 to have a night in one of their deluxe or to us standard rooms. So that's quite a significant increase. So you might be thinking, well, what about the undeluxe options then, so to speak? Now in Hong Kong, they have three resorts and the one that is the lowest stars, although I would by no means call it a value resort, is the Explorer's Lodge. Now if you want to stay at the Explorer's Lodge, you're still looking at about $206 per night to stay in a standard room. Over at Shanghai, if you want to stay in their most value resort, although again, not really value. It's supposedly a four-star resort. It's the beautiful Toy Story one, which looks like so much fun. This one again for a garden view room, you're gonna be set back around $210, $215 per night. So those are pretty on par, I would say. Now you might be thinking, well, does one place give you better perks for your money than the other place? Is that why Shanghai's more? Actually, both of them give pretty good perks depending if you're staying on site. So in Hong Kong, in both the Disneyland Hotel and the Explorer's Lodge, included in that price, you get priority admission passes to at least one attraction in the park, depending on the type of room that you buy. So that means that they're gonna give you some kind of pass to skip the line on one or more attractions in the park. And as well as that, you will also be given a designated entrance, which means at the beginning and the end of the park day, you have a separate entrance to go in and out to all the other general guests, which means it's probably gonna be less busy and less crowded for you. Over in Shanghai, you also get some pretty nice perks. If you stay in a Disney owned resort, so Disneyland Hotel or the Toy Story Hotel, you get a one hour priority entry, which means you can go into the park up to an hour before everyone else, which is a huge advantage because Shanghai is always popping. It's busy, there's lots of popular attractions, could really give you a great you know, moment to get ahead. 
Also, they give the same idea as Hong Kong. You can get a priority access to one attraction in the park. However, in order to get this at Shanghai Disneyland, you need to get the tickets from the concierge in the hotel. So you can't already have them ahead of time. The other thing that they have as well is a complimentary water taxi or a complimentary bus to take you to and from the parks. Now let's focus on food. How much will you get for your money in the parks? The first thing I wanted to look at is the signature dining experience for this park, because of course every Disney park has that one meal, that one snack that everybody has to have. So in Hong Kong, the food that everybody is raving about is the Disney dim sum meal at the Crystal Lotus. I've spoken about this a few times, but for those of you who don't know, basically they've made kind of steamed buns that are decorated to look like different characters. So think Duffy Bear, the three little pigs, the aliens, Baymax, all kinds of different fun Disney characters, but they're edible. So you can buy these dim sum in little sets. So normally you'll get them in groups of three or four, and each set is about 10 to $11. So let's assume you want to try four or five of these sets. You're looking at around 50 to $60 for a meal. And also you'll get to try all different flavors and fun different characters. Hopping over to Shanghai now, their signature meal that everybody wants to do is the Royal Banquet Hall. Now, I guess the closest thing to this in Walt Disney World is Cinderella's Royal Table. It gives you the opportunity to meet the characters dressed up in kind of medieval prince and princess clothes, prince and pauper style. You're also gonna get a three course meal. Now, this one will set you back around $60 per person, but you're getting a lot of food and you're getting a character meeting. So you've got to kind of throw that in too. Next up, let's look at quick service to make this more kind of a fair plateau, because obviously different places have different restaurants and themings and that can affect the price. We looked at the kind of equivalent Tomorrowland diner that all the Disney parks seem to have, like, you know, a futuristic themed American diner. So they had one of these in Hong Kong called the Starliner Diner, and they seem to have kind of meals inspired by Baymax and things like that, like burgers and fries. An average meal set there was about 50 US dollars. Over in Shanghai, they also had a star diner in Tomorrowland and they actually had some Marvel themed food like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain America. And again, a meal would set you back about 12 to $15. So pretty on par with the other parks and actually the US parks as well, honestly. Then last but not least, snacks. Now, both of these parks have an abundance of snacks, delicious pastries, really cutely presented. In Hong Kong, one of the most popular places to go is the Main Street Bakery, and it seemed that most of the things on the menu was around the $6 mark. Some were a bit more, some were a bit less, but we're going for averages here. Again, similar in Shanghai, one of the most popular places is Remy's Patisserie and also Il Paperino, where they have those cute Donald Duck waffles. Again, the average is around five to $6 for a snack. So they're quite on par there. So it seems that Hong Kong Disneyland, if we're talking purely from a money price point, is better value. There's quite a lot of price points that are lower than Shanghai Disneyland. Accommodation, a ticket, food. So 
Generally speaking, money-wise, Hong Kong is the best value. But what if we're talking about other sides to value, like making the most of your day, getting to experience the most amount of things, and having a good atmosphere and experience with crowds and customer service? Well, I'd never been there before, so I turned to TripAdvisor. Now, TripAdvisor had, of course, reviews for both of these parks. There were different amounts of reviews for each park, so I focused on percentages, so we could get a more rough idea of the percentage of people, no matter how big the group. Was so Hong Kong Disneyland had a huge amount of reviews. It's been open longer. There were seventeen thousand two hundred eight reviews, and of those reviews, forty eight percent of them were five star reviews, and they only had one point six four percent of their reviews as one star and being incredibly negative. Shanghai. Equally, had a great amount of positive reviews. Of the 2,264 reviews on the site, 43% of them were five star. However, they had about five times more negative reviews than Hong Kong, with six percent of those reviews being only one star. Now, when I looked through the bad reviews, it seemed to me the reason Shanghai were getting bad reviews was because of crowds, long waits. The behavior of other park guests and customer service. So, what we can learn from this is that value-wise, in Hong Kong Disneyland, you're probably going to have bigger chances to get on all of the rides. It's not going to be as crowded. It's going to be a little bit more relaxed. Whereas Shanghai is going to be pretty busy because it's mainland China. There. Literally billion people in China. It's always going to be a bit more crazy. There's more people going all the time, and also it seems the general consensus that Hong Kong Disneyland is quite geared towards visitors from all different parts of the world, whereas Shanghai is more focused on Chinese guests from mainland China. So the overall consensus from doing this little comparison is that Hong Kong Disneyland is generally speaking going to be the best value for money. It's cheaper. You're probably going to be able to get a lot more done. You're going to be able to be more relaxed and chilled, which I always value in my day. I don't want to be rushed off my feet and feeling like I have to go, go, go all the time. However, that said, Shanghai still has lots of reasons why you'd want to go there. They've got those impressive rides. Nowhere else has. It's the biggest Disney park. They've got some incredible food and shows and entertainment. So it's still definitely a place I want to go. But if we had to make that decision on our one day, I think value-wise, you're probably going to get more bang for your buck with Hong Kong. If anyone has been to Shanghai Disneyland or Hong Kong Disneyland, would like to share their experiences or tell me if they agree with my consensus or they want to give some points, pro and con, both of them, please feel free to write into DisneyParkWonder at gmail.com. I'd love to connect with people who've actually been there, and hopefully one day I'll get to go for myself. I hope you enjoyed that little comparison. Let's round out today's episode with my Disney fact of the day. Disney's Mulan from 1998 is the first Disney film to openly deal with the subject matter of war. Though it's not very violent or bloody, thank goodness. 
Mulan's also the Disney character with the highest kill count. So no, we don't see her chopping her way through people. But in that scene where she causes an avalanche on the Hun army, she wipes out roughly 2,000 soldiers. is all for episode 54 of the Disney Park Wanderer podcast. I hope you enjoyed tallying up the pros and cons of Hong Kong and Shanghai Disneyland. I always find it interesting to do a bit of research into the places that I haven't been before. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will be back next Monday with more Disney Park content. Please follow, subscribe, like, spread the word, leave ratings and reviews. It really does me a solid favor. Until next time, stay curious.